Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hey, yo, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is episode 86 of That's How I Roll, and yes... I'm your host. I'm Jeremiah Isley. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate everybody who dials us up or casts us up or throws pods or whatever it is that you do to listen to us. Thanks for taking the time for doing that. We've got a really cool show coming up today. I want to give you just a little bit of a heads up of what you can expect today. So here's today's rundown. We have the big news is uh, Tiffany Kyrez of Deepwater Games has joined me today. So we had a great conversation about all things Deepwater, everything that they're doing. It's this really cool company that just is like in its first year of existence, and they've got some great titles available, including Hanamakoji, which is a game that during the interview I hadn't played yet, but since then because time is not an existent thing here in the world of podcasting. Uh, <laughs> I've played the game, and it's wonderful. Uh, I'm not just saying that because Tiffany's on the show. It's truly a great, great game. If you want to hear a little more about that, you can find that coming up in this interview, or you can go over to episode 161 of Board Games Daily and listen to my first impression review that I did there just yesterday as of the time that this show released. So you can do that, which is very, very cool. Uh, also want to remind you before we get into the interview, uh, we're on lots of things right now. There's lots of stuff going on with Theology of Games. Check out our Patreon page. Go to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon. There's a link right there that will take you to our page. We would love it if you found it in your heart to support what we are doing. If you enjoy Theology of Games, all the podcasts, all of the written content, all the things we do, we would love it if you would just come on board and be a part of that with us. You can get in for as little as a dollar a month and... As you go up from there, there's some really, really cool rewards that you can score for being a patron of our page. So thank you for considering that. Otherwise, check us out on social media. We're out there doing stuff all the time, posting pictures on Instagram, chatting with folks on Facebook, and uh, other stuff like that. I've got something cool to tell you about that with our What's Up Weekly, which I'll do real quick in a minute here before we get into the interview as well. So we've got Tiffany Kyrez, we've got What's Up Weekly, and that's it for this week because it's going to be a super long episode. It's going to be super fun. I think you're all going to really enjoy it, and that's it. So let's get into this week's What's Up Weekly, and then we'll have a little chat with Tiffany Kyrez from Deepwater Games. Okay, so this week's What's Up Weekly, I just wanted to tell you a couple things going on in the Isley household. First of all... My phone hasn't broken. I'm still good there. Yes. Uh, but we're starting football seasons around the corner. So Mr. X, Xavier, who's been on the show, my boys, you know them if, you, if you're a listener. 
We had football camp start today, and it's exciting. It's, I don't know, it's weird. He's going into middle school this year, so it's like, man, fall's coming fast, and I've got a middle schooler. What in the world? He was he was six years old, maybe seven when we started. No, six years old when we started doing Theology of Games, and now he's going to be a middle schooler. So that is just stinking weird but um so that's really cool uh also another cool thing happening with theology of games before i started recording this episode i spent some time in my office i told you guys last week that it needed (laughs) really bad organization so i've actually done some cool work in here and i've been in need of a place where i can record live video and well any video for that matter so i've got this cool wall in my studio that is green screen green and um i've been working on that to hopefully uh, i can get a little table set up and i can do a little bit of live video work recorded video work in here and uh keep that facebook and that youtube video content rolling so look for that and also if you head over to our youtube channel uh my son cooper he did a little video about tempura from yellow games we're trying out a little series that we're calling the kids of tog one of firestone's kids is probably going to get in on it as well Um, xavier wants to get one done we're kind of dabbling our feet into it a little bit see what we can come up with um with them and and see how it goes over so if you want to check that out we'd love your feedback by all means please write us let us know what's going on what you think of that um, and you can comment on it or just email us by the contact page on the, the website okay that's all i've got for what's up weekly let's have some real talk with tiffany kyrez how about we do it right about now Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames. With me from Deepwater Games, it's Tiffany Kyrez, and I've learned how to say your name correctly, so... You know, I get bonus points for that. You do. 100% uh, bonus points. Awesome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. How are things in uh, beautiful Portland, Oregon? Um, They're very, very hot. We're having uh, one of our freak heat waves right now. You so. too, huh? <laughs> yeah. We just, it's in the 90s. Yeah, we just had about seven or eight days of that here in Ohio. So mm, I feel you. Yeah. And I like, it was like the seven days that I worked like 14 hours a day outside all day doing live gigs. So I felt the brunt of it, but anyway, <laughs> let's, uh, let's <laughs> stop talking about weather. Um, <laughs> cause it's not the weather channel. Uh, let's talk deep water games in Gen Con and Hannah Makoji and welcome to, and there's, there's quite a bit of things going on. There's so many things, so many things. So let's start, I guess let's start with deep water games because that is like, 
the thing that has, is making all these things happening. So tell us a little bit about Deepwater Games, the company itself, how it started, what you guys are doing. Yeah, for sure. So Deepwater Games started um, last year at Gen Con, actually. Uh, three friends uh, had been talking for a while about wanting to make games uh, and bring games over that like they hadn't seen come to North America. They were just really confused why there were so many really great games in Asia that hadn't come to North America. And they were at Gen Con and they were walking around and they were like, seriously, why aren't there like games that do this and blah, 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 blah. And um, they decided they were going to start a company and they were going to do it. So they actually signed the paperwork at Gen Con um, and uh, last year with um, establishing a partnership and making the company that is Deepwater. Uh, And then and then it just kind of sat on the back burner um, for (laughs) for the rest of the year as they kind of got all the the money and the plans and that kind of stuff. And the company launched with in um, in early 2018 with their first Kickstarter to bring over Herbalism and Crows Overkill and Shadows in Kyoto and um, Hanzi from Emperor S4 Games. So the company was started by Nolan Nasser and uh, Jacob Way and Travis McHill. And they uh, have all worked together and they all have they all have different expertise. So Nolan Nasser is actually a pretty well-known illustrator in the board gaming industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done some art for, he's actually done quite a number of um, board game arts for greater than games over the years. But um, he's the CEO of the company. And so he brings to the table um, kind of his experience and knowledge with different companies in the industry. And then also, this is kind of a fun one. Um, he can do the art, so he can do some really awesome, amazing art whenever we need art. So that's nice. pretty awesome. And then Jacob and Travis actually both are in the comic book industry, and they own uh, businesses in the comic book industry, and they bring their expertise in regards to uh, owning a distribution business and owning uh, in business that creates like IPs and things like that. So together, it's a really interesting mix. Um and they have some connections with companies in Taiwan because a lot of comic books, I didn't realize this until I joined Deepwater, are printed in Taiwan or Shanghai. Um, and so they had those connections and it you know, it just worked out really well. And so they've started bringing over these games from Ember S4 and then they also are doing in-house game development. And I joined the team in March of 2018 um, as the marketing director because while they have all this like insider information, they didn't. They didn't have anything in regards to like how to do marketing um, <laughs> and like what's a press release and who's BGG and like that kind of stuff. <laughs> so um, like Nolan knew who they were, but they didn't it, like Nolan knew of them, but he didn't know who anybody was. He didn't know how right, to do right. press releases. He didn't know how to do any of that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, Travis and Jacob are behind the scenes, behind the curtain guys that really nobody, I think, ever will see like from a consumer standpoint (laughs) or anything like that so they didn't know you know how to do any of that so that's where i was brought on um so it's kind of like the full not the full history but that's like a pretty pretty good history of deep water now let's take let's take like a little like side trail here because you have done a lot of board game content creation before this right you had like youtube Mm -hmm. stuff going on tell us just a little bit about kind of like 
what you've done in the past and how that sort of led to you working with Deepwater. Oh, yeah. So um, I can't remember, like four or five years ago, I started a YouTube channel um, because I wasn't seeing the kind of content that I wanted to see in the board game industry. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to make it. So I started um, making... I actually started by making vlogs where I would go to board game conventions and vlog my experiences at the show so that people that weren't there could see what it was like and experience the show yeah. along with everybody else. Nice. And um, then I also started doing reviews. So my reviews <laughs> were very unique in that I, I had a policy that I would never film a review in my house because so many reviews at the time were just people in front of their game shelf and it was really boring. <laughs> so I, my, when I started making those reviews, the goal was never film them in my house. And then also I wanted the reviews to be as short as humanly possible. Yeah. And I actually have a goal of, of hitting five minutes with my reviews, five minutes or less. Um, sometimes I miss that mark, but you know, I do my best. Uh, and so that's kind of how I became known. I became known as the, the woman that went and vlogged, um, at shows and I would do these really fun reviews. And then, um, I started, uh, picking up kind of like freelance work with different publishers to do kind of behind the scenes, social media stuff for them. Mm -hmm. And I also started doing my husband who is amazing and very, very shy, which a lot of people don't realize, um, <laughs> started feeling more comfortable being on camera because I'd you know, been doing it around him for three years. Um, and so he and I started streaming um, our board game plays that we would do because it was just too much work for me to keep up reviews of all the games that come out because there's just, just an insane amount of games. Right, right. Um, and so we started streaming the games that I would bring over from Essen and then we started streaming the games I'd bring home from Gen Con. And now we just stream every week, um, either once or twice a week where we'll teach people how to play a game and then we'll, we'll play the full game. Uh, and that's mostly what we do on our channel now because I don't have the time to edit video, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I already had from doing that with my channel, I already have a lot of connections with, um, different publishers and marketing people from publishers. And it was interesting because I have the perspective of being marketed to like I have. Sure. the Yeah, I have the experience of being the press person. Um, and so I in this role as Deepwater have been taking the things that I liked um, from my interactions with the industry and I've been applying them um, to what I do when I interact with the press, um, and, and consumers and things like that. So, um, that's kind of like how my experience worked. And it's actually really interesting. A lot of the people that, um, started making board game content when I started making board game content actually now work in the industry as well. Mm. And so I have a few friends who started around the same time I did as like a nobody doing it out of their basement kind of thing. Right. And now they're marketing directors at other companies. So it's kind of fun. Um, to see where we've all ended up yeah. in that regard. That's really cool. You know, I, that's, I hear so much of that. I know a few folks that are in the same situation. They're marketing directors or they're, you know, they are the PR person for XYZ game company, whatever it may be. And they started because they were they were already doing it. It wasn't like, oh, I went to college and I got a degree and 
then I got a job. I, I know people like that that got into the gaming industry and didn't know anything about gaming. And guess what? They're not in the industry anymore uh, because gamers, <laughs> yeah. gamers know gamers and they, they want to hear the voice of somebody that is in the industry, in the hobby, that has a passion for it. So that's cool. That's great. All right. So let's, let's shift gears again. Thank you for taking us down that little uh, rabbit trail. Um, but one of the big games, the big things happening, we'll touch on real quickly, uh, is you've got a street date maybe for mm-hmm. Welcome to. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> I witnessed this with my very own eyes during Origins. I saw I saw gamers in full out sprints. Uh, like yeah. I didn't think it was possible for a lot of the gaming community to move that fast. Not to be stereotypical, but these people were trucking it down the halls as yeah. as the exhibit hall opened uh, to get to Welcome to because you guys had such a few few you know short quantities. So when can when can they get a hold of uh, this this hot hot title from Deepwater? Um, so the street date for Welcome to is September nineteenth, uh, I believe it might okay. be eighteenth, but it's September mid September, um, and that's when it'll be available in stores. We're gonna have um, five hundred copies, I hope, unless something bad happens to them. Okay, we're gonna have <laughs> five hundred copies at Gen Con for sale to the public, and then we have pre orders for Gen Con sales. Um, that keep selling out. We keep having to add more to the pre-order list. Um, so right now, last I checked, which was like 20 minutes ago, we had 100 pre-orders. Um, okay. And we only had like 15 left. But we, I don't know if we can add more because we're 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 out. We're out <laughs> of the uh, initial amount that we like air freighted and ocean freighted. Gotcha. So. Yeah, it's we were not um, like uh, I really enjoy Welcome to, which is why I brought it to the attention of Deepwater and everybody really liked it. And so we kind of just we did what we could do as quickly as we could do. And it turns out that that was nowhere near enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's interesting because, you know, you demoed the game for me at at Origins and I was like, hey, this is really cool. It seems like it's a really fun game. It has sort of an infinite player count and that kind of thing. And uh, it just, it's gone gangbusters. It's been wildly successful and high demand. So, I mean, that's a, that's a very good problem <laughs> to have for a yeah. company that's it, not even a year old. Um, it's, a, it's a good problem, but it's, it's not a, it's, it's one that really bums us out because, sure. um, you know, we want people to be able to play the game and, and it's not, not even from like a sales or money perspective. Like I literally don't care about money, which is, which is a good thing that I have a husband that does because I would probably be living in a van right now. But um, <laughs> uh, the it's it's more of like we want people to be able to play these games and experience these games. So it bums us out that people can't get a hold of them, and it's we're we're printing them as quickly as we can, yeah. and it's kind of funny that like we're almost sold out before the five thousand we had printed even come to America, which wow. is which is crazy, right? Like that it's on a nuts. ocean freighter, and it's it's almost entirely spoken for her. So, um, so there's that, but we we're doing uh, whatever we can because welcome to is, is such an interesting game in that you can play it with as many people as you want. We actually have been working to try and make it where people can play the game 
if they want to try it before they buy it. So there's actually three videos on my YouTube channel where people can go and they can watch the video and they can play along with the app or they can download the score sheet from BGG Uh, because we have the score sheet on BGG. Um, So they could actually just play along with the YouTube channel videos to see if they like the game and if they want to play it, Um, they can play it a couple more times. And then we're actually doing a event called Welcome to Gen Con where we are teaming up with the Nerd Nighters to do what we're hoping is the largest game um, of of Welcome to in the world. Oh, nice. Um, so we're going to be doing that, and then we're going to be hopefully streaming that game so people that are at Gen Cant can play along as well. <laughs> and so we'll be having the people at Gen Con playing with the people at Gen Cant and... Worldwide. Well, well, even wider, we have um, Hawaii Comic Con is happening the same weekend as Gen Con. And oh, we've teamed up with the tabletop team at Hawaii Comic Con, and they're going to have a copy and they're going to be playing along with the stream as well. Awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm like really excited, and the logistics of it are kind of melting my brain. I was going to say, um, that's, uh, that's quite the uh, technical. I can't even say technological feat <laughs> to get that all to happen, but man, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, we don't have the website up yet, but we do have the URL. It's going to be welcome to GenCon.com. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So maybe by the time this podcast is up, we'll, I'll have made that website. But <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell. Time will tell. But yeah, so check that out. Welcome to GenCon.com. If you're not going to be at GenCon, you can uh, check that out. And what night is that? Is that going to be the first night? What Do you know what time? Yeah. That's going to be Thursday night, okay. and we're targeting the game to start playing at 8 p.m. Um, okay. Eastern time. So, um, and the game will be on the Nerd Nighters Twitch, and then my Twitch channel will also be hosting it, and then okay. um, we'll be rerunning it on the Twitch channel after that event. So, um, and then, and then the the video will be available to play along with in the future on my YouTube channel. So nice. Yeah. I like that concept of being able to play along with a, a video of the game being played because of the way the game works. It's, it's so unique in that, in that regard. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's really fun. And actually it's, it's funny. Um, there's a couple who has been playing, one of the the recordings that I did on my YouTube channel, they've played it three times now, and they keep leaving comments on what their scores are. So oh, nice. they keep playing the same <laughs> game over and over to try and and get and get better and better. Yeah, well, we played that game. Uh, Benoit, the designer of the game, actually tuned in and played with us live at the time, and he destroyed everyone. Really. Um, and so I think they're trying to beat his score. Try to beat. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, good luck to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's Welcome To, which is awesome and huge and big. And hopefully you'll have more copies coming so people can play this game. But uh, you sent me uh, about a week or so ago a copy of a little game called Hanamakoji. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually, I haven't played it. I'm playing it tonight. I've got a game night tonight. We're going to get it on the table. But as I was texting my buddies about game night tonight, I said, well, I've got this two-player game that, you know, we can play before or after or whatever. And here's the deal. I haven't played it yet, but I already love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I read the rule book. I looked at the, the components and I was just like, 
this is so simple, but mm-hmm. but elegant and just what a really well-designed game, you know? It's really slick, yeah. I can teach you how to play this game in like 30 seconds and and we can have fun with it. So um, I, I'll stop talking about it because I'll talk about it more <laughs> later on, but I have you on the line, so yeah, why don't you yeah. tell us about it a little bit? Well, so Hanamakoji is a two-player game um, and it's designed by... Oh, geez, I've forgotten the designer, which is awful. Um, but it was originally published by Emperor S4 Games, and it was actually available in North America um, for a little while last year from a different company, and they actually didn't reprint it. And so um, it went out of print. It was designed and by Koda Nakayama. There we go. There you go. Um, thank you. Sure. Um, so we... we uh, we brought it. We we decided to bring it back over um, when as soon as we could, basically. And so it's going to be one of our Gen Con releases, and it's available now for pre-order at DeepWaterGaming.com for Gen Con pickup. And that one we have we have more than enough. It's it's sad. I mean, it's sadly not as hot as Welcome to, right? <laughs> but it, but we have it, which is great. So um, it's a two-player only game, and in the game you are in um, Hanamakoji, which is a district in Kyoto, and that's where the geishas um, traditionally were. And so, American perceptions of geishas are is a little. It's a little mm, Hollywood. Yeah, it's very <laughs> Hollywood. So um, the geisha is. You have to imagine a geisha house as sort of like going to the theater. So like it's dinner theater, basically. Yeah. You go and they, the actresses who are the geishas, they're in their costumes and they serve you dinner in character. And then there's a performance and the dinner is is sort of part of the performance. Like they do traditional Japanese um, serving, which is, which is very interesting. It's, it's, there's like an order to when drinks are served and all this kind of stuff. Um, and after dinner, the geisha will do some sort of performance in regards to some artistic things. So sometimes it's, they'll do dance or they'll play an instrument or they'll recite poetry or it's, it's a traditional Japanese art that they're presenting. So sometimes they'll even do calligraphy, which I personally would love to go and see because you can actually still go to geisha houses in Japan now and they mm-hmm. do everything traditional uh, um, still to this day, which is awesome. Um, and so in the game Hanamakoji, you are trying to win the favor of geishas. So the way that you are gaining favor is there's a deck of cards. There's seven geishas. And or is there nine? Oh, geez. Seven. Um, there's seven geishas. Yeah. I'm like confusing games. There's seven <laughs> geishas, and there's a deck of cards, and the deck of cards represents the instruments or items that the geishas perform with. So there's a flute, there's a fan, there's um, some calligraphy materials, and the deck is shuffled. One card is removed from the round, essentially, and you deal out the cards. Um, so everybody has a starting hand, and everybody has four actions that they can and will do every round. And you can only do each of those actions once, but you decide the order in which you do them. And those actions will have you play cards from your hand, either to your side of the geishas or to your opponent's side. And it uses an element of um, kind of like the I set up, you pick, or I pick, you choose. Um, 
on some of them and some of them it's it's a manipulation of um not really card counting but kind of like probability and banging on like oh well if i get three of the flutes then that means that you know it doesn't matter if you get two of the flutes because at the end of the round whoever has the majority of each geisha's items on their side of the geishas will gain the favor of the geisha and if at the end of the round um one player has gained enough geisha favors they'll win the game but otherwise the game the deck gets reshuffled dealt out again and you compete again but the favor of the geisha doesn't move between rounds so you could win over the favor of a geisha who had been claimed by your opponent on a previous round so it's a really interesting game where the first round you're just kind of like establishing your bearings but the second round you you have to weigh like oh do i defend like the favor of the geisha I earned on the previous round, or do I try and go for these other two geishas in the hopes that I can get both of them and then I can win and it doesn't matter if I lose the one that I had previously. So um, it's got this interesting tug of war and you use the entire deck every time you play, minus the one card you put out. Uh, and it's it's one of those ones where every time I play it, I feel like it doesn't make sense. Like it, it can't work. Like I feel like every right. time I play it, like... <laughs> There's no way we're going to play all the cards. How does this work? But the way the actions are, it it is perfect. The way the geishas and the actions work for the cards, you will play every card every time. And you will always have exactly enough cards in your hand to play any of the actions you still have available, which is the really trippy bit. Um, yeah. Which you'll notice tonight when you, when you play. Exactly, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love the... Um, you know, uh, reading the rules and everything, looking at it, I'm like, I love, I love games that make you also give cards to your opponent and, and the choice that that's in that, like that makes, that puts so much more weight on each decision that you make, knowing that your opponent's going to get to choose, you know, a card or two cards to play on their side. And you don't know what they have in their hand. You might be mm -hmm. giving them the victory, but there's, like you said, it's that back and forth, that tug of war. So uh, I'm I'm so looking forward to playing this game. I think it's going to be just outstanding. Yeah, it's it's. I really like it. I ended up actually getting it um, a few years ago. I think uh, three years ago when it first released at Essen. Um, okay, and I loved it. And I, it's in our, we have a, <laughs> our house is 90 years old. And so it has like a built in China cabinet. Um, nice. and we don't have China, <laughs> we have board games. So, um, awesome. <laughs> we keep our most prized two player games in our hutch, our China hutch. Um, and it is in the China hutch and it has been in the China hutch. And so it was very funny when I ended up working for a company that is printing it, um, it all so, comes yeah. back around, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I, uh, I guess you know, I, I was wondering, is this? I haven't seen the original version. Is the artwork redone? Is this pretty much a reprint of the original version? Or you know, tell me a little bit about that process. Yeah, well, so for the Emperor S4 games, for the most part, Deepwater, and actually for most of the games that Deepwater is bringing over, we're just doing what's called a light imprint. And so we didn't we didn't do any of the development work. We didn't do any of the artwork. We didn't do any of the design work on most of these games, right? We right. maybe made a tiny rules change or clarified something in the rule book. But for the most part... The original publisher did all of the work, right? They okay. they did 
they paid everyone they slogged through with the designer <laughs> and the developer and and they deserve the full credit on the box and so um we are doing light imprints of the titles that we bring over from other countries and what that means is we are updating and clarifying the rule books as we see fit. We might tweak a card here or there if like something's come up on BGG or things like that. Sure. Um, but aside from that, all we're doing is adding our logo to the box. And we're adding our logo to the box very subtly. We're still making sure that the original publisher's logo is more prominent. Um, mm -hmm. But our logo will be like next to it, if that makes sense. So I guess... It, that that to me sort of also explains how, uh, you know, Deepwater Games is like you said, less than a year old, and you've got like eight titles now, nine <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, we have eight. We uh, so as of Gen Con, we will have nine titles. Okay, so you're able least. to do that light imprint where it's pretty much a an established product, a game that's in existence and you're just kind of bringing it over to the States, uh, mm -hmm. for, for distribution. So that's very cool yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, because there's, like you said, there's these games that are, nobody knows about and, uh, and they're great. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's one of those things where it's like, uh, for us, for so look at if you look at the box for welcome to versus one of the emperor s4 boxes emperor s4 has a very clear very you know established look yeah and their games if you're an emperor s4 game fan you're you're gonna probably enjoy most of their games and you're gonna know their look and so for a lot of companies they they want to make sure if they bring over a title from Europe or something like that, they usually work to rebrand it so it looks more like a game in their line. So people can be like, oh, I really like so-and-so's games. This is one of their games. Let's do that. Sure. And for us, for what we're targeting, we, we want to bring over games from Asia and other countries that maybe don't aren't recognized. And so while, while we want people to know, oh, Deepwater brought it over, it's Deepwater's thing... We really want people to be like they want. We want them to know it's an Emperor S four game. We want them to know that when when a new one comes out, it's a new Emperor S four game. Nice. Um, and so there's that. But I will say we did increase the box size. So Emperor okay. S four, their smaller um, games used to be uh, about an inch smaller on on the width and the height. Mm. And uh, in America, the game stores actually don't really like the boxes that size. So we increased the boxes a little bit more, but we kept the price point the same so that it has a better shelf presence on the American shelves. Um, so that's that's the only other change we made. But now Emperor S4 is also increasing the box size for all future games that they release over there as well. So so from this point on, all of the games that Emperor S4 releases that are their smaller boxes will be the same size as, as what we bring over, nice. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about there's obviously Hannah Makoji and then there's Shadows in Kyoto. That's that's like the same universe, right? That's a, a, a an IP that has they've kind of grown into like a franchise. Is that am I correct on that? A little bit. So Shadows in Kyoto is kind of the sibling game to Hannah Makoji. It's a okay. two player game as well. And it takes place in the Hanamakoji district, um, but it takes on a different um, 
kind of part of that world. And so one of the things I forget the it's not the Hakuza. Um, there's a different gang that historically, like in the fifties, was pretty prominent in Hanamakoji, and mm. they were doing things behind the scenes of the geisha houses. And so Shadows in Kyoto is sort of like a nod to that, where one player takes on the role of the government and one player is the mafia, essentially. And each player has agents that are disguised and working as as geisha or are, you know, in Kyoto moving around um, trying to gain information about the other side. And so in Shadows in Kyoto, it's a uh, tactical hidden movement game where uh, you are trying to get your agents who have important information either to the other side of the board or you're trying to capture your opponent's two agents that have the secret information. Or if you can dupe your opponent into capturing three of your dummy agents, so agents that don't have information, you'll win as well. So, yeah, but it's really, uh, Emperor S4 worked and made like full character profiles for each of the geishas in Hanamakoji and an Emperor S4 uh, or in in Shadows in Kyoto, they kind of brought those profiles more forward. And so each of the geishas, there's an advanced variant where you can play with the geisha cards. And so you're playing as the seven geishas from Hanamakoji. Oh, nice. And they each have a unique ability that can do different things in in like this this street espionage uh, <laughs> tactical movement game. And I I bring that one up because I had like a little side ulterior motive because you actually sent us some cool promo geisha cards uh, for our Patreon page. So if folks want to get one of those, they can become a, a patron oh, on Patreon. Yes. That's right. I did. We sent you the alternative art of one of the geishas and it has a unique player power. So yeah. not only would it be unique art for people's games, it would be a new player ability. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So uh, cheesy promotion aside, uh, this one looks good as well. Uh, like I said, I've, I've got my game night tonight. So that's another one that's hope I'm hoping to get on the table. But um, awesome, awesome stuff. Now, before we get going, um, Sovereign Skies, tell me about uh. this. I just I was perusing your website to to get ready for the interview, and then you brought it up before we started recording. So we got to talk about Sovereign Skies. Oh yeah. So Sovereign Skies is our is Deepwater Games' first in-house developed game. Um, and I say that I mean things could happen, and we might you know you never know it might get pushed out. So maybe it won't be the first one we actually print, right? But the the goal right now is is that it would be the first. Um, game from Deepwater Games and it's designed by I'm so bad at names it's designed by Aaron <laughs> and I'm like I love Aaron I don't know Aaron's last name um, <laughs> um I'm like look and Aaron Andrew Wilson there we go um it's designed by Aaron Andrew Wilson and with development by Ian Zhang and it is a game about um there are you are essentially different merchants um you're different factions um and you're traveling the 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 known galaxy um and you're establishing uh kind of like 
hooks or influences at specific planets and you're using like you're using the sway of politicians and and whatnot to try and gain um the most influence at certain planets so that you can be more profitable in your business and whatnot and you know make the government at that planet do things that you want and stuff like that <laughs> nice um so it's a it's a I'm trying to think it's a it's a strategic game. I'm trying to like think about what I can say without giving too much away. That's the that's like the worst ah, problem. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, but it's um so it's a space world. It it we have an artist already working on it and the art is amazing and then there's just going to be some art from Nolan Nasser in it because art space art is like Nolan's bread and butter. Nice. Um so he's going to add some art to it, which I think will be fun. Um and it's a game that plays in about 40 minutes um okay. at pretty much any player count it's two to four players and uh i i can't i can't really say more about it right now <laughs> but um i will say that um we will have it at gen con um so okay. we're gonna have we're gonna have aaron will be walking around with it or i'll have it or ian will have it and if anybody ever wants to play it just tweet us or find one of us and and ask where it is and we nice. will happily sit down and find a table and play it because we are in the final stages of development we're just doing the final like tweaks on certain things um and so we would love if people came to play twist it with us sure but we're targeting it for a kickstarter release next year um with the you know the street date being origins or gen con depending on um, what we end up doing with the Kickstarter and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting game. And I think that from the people that played it at Origins, because we did have it there at Origins, uh -huh. um, they really enjoyed it. Um, it's really simple. It's really straightforward to sit down and run with. Um, and the decisions are are really interesting um, and have impact in, in regards to like player interaction and things like that. So Nice. Very cool. Uh, all right. Before we uh, head off into the sunset here, I always like to ask um, just uh, on more of a personal level, like why why board gaming? What what drew you into sitting around a table, moving little pieces of cardboard and wood and stuff? <laughs> like what what is it about it that's so so cool? Um, I think it has to do with uh, the people. So I'm. I'm a I'm not like a full full extrovert. Um I but I I tend to enjoy the company of people um and and interacting with people and I also prefer to feel like I'm doing something when I interact with people. Like going to the movies is boring to me cuz all we do is mm -hmm. sit and stare at something. Um and and going out to eat is, you know, fine, but all you're doing is eating. Um I like having engaging interactions with people, so doing things like like hiking or skiing or or just sitting and and playing a game because when you play a game with somebody, you learn so much about them. Oh, you yes. learn about their thought processes, you learn about um kind of like their emotional things, like certain games, especially nowadays that are coming out, like you can learn so much about how a person will react in a situation by what and how they plan for a situation in a board game. Um, and that, that is why I play board games. I love having interactions with people in that regard. Um, and I feel like some of the best friendships that you'll ever have with people 
um, can come from playing board games because you learn so much about each other by just playing a game. I totally agree. Uh, I, I had an interesting, I, I love the resistance. So like, and I think social deduction is, is definitely one of those categories that will tell you about people Oh yeah, in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a bad experience playing the resistance, but I have met people that are like, Oh no, that game is not allowed in my game group and my friend group because they've had just horrible, mean, like visceral reactions to the, that tense situation. And I'm like, wow. Uh, you know, it's just, it's so interesting to see like a whole other group of people can say, Oh no, that, that really brings out, you know, the worst in so-and-so and you know, this guy or that person was just really, really mean spirited in that game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're totally right. Like you learn a lot about how, you know, even just like character things mm-hmm. and how they take winning and losing and, uh, interpretation of the rules and bending of the rules. There's just so much that you can tell about a person by sitting down at a, at a table and, uh, and having that experience with them. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I have a, pretty open door policy uh in Uh regards to like people coming over to our house but i do have one condition and that i need to have either i need to have played a game with them before they're Uh. welcome into our home (laughs) um because because you can learn so much about a person yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah it says a lot about a person if uh you know they're opening their eyes when they're not supposed to (laughs) during one night ultimate werewolf or whatever it might be so good times well i don't want to keep you any longer i thank you so much for your time um folks that are heading to gen con can find you there i'm sure Mm -hmm. Uh, booth 272 booth 272 deep water games welcome to maybe there (laughs) oh no it will be there for sure but well it might not be depending on what day you come it might not be available (laughs) by the time uh and then hannah makoji or hana makoji however you say it i'm i'm Mm -hmm. the local butcher for names uh is check it out it's like 20 bucks too right it's not even yeah yeah, so yeah and we're gonna have a we're gonna have a hana makoji promo i'll send you one um oh cool but awesome. uh, we're Nolan Nasser. He did. He did. A, he did art. He he hadn't. He oh, hasn't nice. done any art since uh, January, uh, which is like uh, telling you know someone they haven't eaten <laughs> since January. I feel because right. stop you know, breathing art, air. <laughs> yeah, art art is art is life for Nolan, and yeah. he um, we convinced him to do a promo. Uh, alternative art for one of the geishas and so um he had a blast and it's beautiful and we're leaking like we're doing sneak previews of it as we get closer to the show but there's a coupon in the gen con book Uh, um you bring the coupon and you buy the game you'll get the promo or if you've pre-ordered you'll get the promo as well awesome there it is all right well hey tiffany thanks so much for spending time in in the new studio 359 i don't know it's in my basement but uh. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get a sign that says studio 359 right i, I was thinking yeah. about that you know like just it's it's the thing now <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then the problem is gonna be if origins put you in a different a booth next year right. just ask just right. be like i need to be 
Yeah, it's it, it's, it's like number. right. I need to like get a contract or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thanks so much for your time. Good luck at Gen Con. Um, I'm not sure what my fate for Gen Con is, so I don't know if I'll see you there or not. But um, I'm sure we'll be in touch and uh, keep keep up the good work. There's really cool stuff happening with Deep Water, and um, check out your the the YouTube channel too. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. See what you guys are Aww. streaming and all that stuff too. So. Thank you. Uh, yeah, looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, we will uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Awesome. Thanks. All right, well, there it is. There's our chat with Tiffany. Want to thank her for being on the show once again. It was awesome. She's just a great voice for the board game community and Deep Water is really really lucky to have her on board taking care of you know their PR and their media and all that stuff uh, she's been a voice in the in the gaming industry she was a content creator beforehand uh, before getting involved with deep water and she still does stream and stuff like that as you heard so uh, just very grateful to have her on have some of her time check out deep water games they've got some really really cool stuff I'll be doing a written review of Hanamakoji here in the next week or so so you can keep your eyes out for that I'll send a link out obviously through our social media and also put link a link in the show notes here when that goes live. And uh, I want to thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, like I said, tune in every week. If you really like what you're hearing, I would love it if you would subscribe, give us a rating, a review, whatever you can to uh, just let us know that you're listening and that you dig what we're doing. You can do that on whatever platform you're listening on, whether it's iTunes or Google Play or uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening, we want to know what you think of the show, and we would love it if you would do that. Also, if you share, and that means you care. So uh, sharing is caring. We love it when people share the show, and we see those links going out on social media. So thank you for all of that. And lastly, of course, don't forget Patreon. If you want to be a part of this show and come on board as one of the, the members of the Theology of Games community. We would love that as well. Okay, that's all my plugs. That's all my thank yous. That's all I've got for this week, except for to say, thanks for tuning in. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and drive safe.